We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions, or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. We're in part two of our little mini-series about leaving congregations and finding new ones. Yes, and today we're finding a new one. Yeah, so if you haven't watched the other one and you want to go back and start with that part of the conversation uh, where we talked about why you might leave one, go ahead and start there. Maybe you want to watch this one first and flip-flop. It's up to you, but know that it's kind of a package deal. So there may be some things we referenced that we already talked about in the last one, so hopefully it'll provide that well-rounded conversation. And... Before we get started, we'll just remind everybody again, if you have comments or questions about this subject or any other, but specifically on this subject and want to share stories, we're considering a third part to this conversation built specifically off the things that come in. We'll see. Yeah, we'll just see. So here we go. Where do you want to go with this one, Dan? Okay. So you're looking for a church home, mm -hmm. which was, I think, rarely a difficulty in the first century the only place i know of in the new testament that suggests alternatives mm -hmm. since the congregations were relatively new all of them and yeah. that there weren't very many choices is <laughs> <clears throat> the book of romans chapter 16 where it okay. greets a number of different people and then it will say greet this one this one this one and the church that is in their house mm. and then it will say greet this this and this one and then the church that is in their house you know? yeah so Rome was a large metropolitan area, and there were some churches in uh, different parts of the city. Mm. And so in that case, there could have been maybe possibilities for that. But other than that, here's what I'd like to do. <clears throat> okay. I was going to say, because otherwise it was, they moved into a town and that was... Well, the... they, they became Christians and they were added to the church wherever they were, and then yeah. they had what they had. and. And then we're told they, had they to spread out and they had to start a new one, sure. basically. Yeah. Um, what if we were to want a new church and we went to the church at Philippi, which was Paul's favorite church? Okay. It was started by the conversion of Lydia and the jailer, mm -hmm. and it grew from there. And according to Philippians 1.5 and Philippians 4.15, they supported Paul in his mission work from, the, from day one. They mm. had fellowship with his work. And he says many good things about them, except when he wrote the book of Philippians, mm -hmm. there were two women, Euodia and Syntyche, right. in Philippians 4.2, and they were having problems with each other, which were causing problems in the church. So if mm -hmm. you chose then to go and join yourself to the church of, at Philippi, it might be a little uncomfortable at first because you'd have that conflict yeah. between those two women in the background, which Paul was trying to solve by his encouragement. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but let's say that we didn't quite decide on flipping church. 
we decided that uh, we would go to the Corinthian church and check that one out. Okay. And we, we walk in and we notice something's weird because there's seemingly a lot of educated people, but there seems to be tension in the air and people at different parts of the assembly, and there was obviously division there. Hmm. And then we found like chaos in the middle of the Lord's Supper and people <laughs> not sharing. Right. And uh, we found out as we were there a little while that some people didn't even believe in the resurrection of the dead. And uh, Paul's letters were coming and some people really listened to Paul and other people didn't at all. And hmm. so we say, eh, I'm not sure about this one. I think I, I'll go over to Thessalonica. I think I'm picking up what you're putting yeah, down and, here. Yeah, and I'm going to see if I want to be a part of the church at Thessalonica. Mm -hmm. But we go in and we realize that these people are kind of have their heads down and like they've been through a lot. And mm -hmm. uh, they talk about Paul being with them for three weeks and the Jewish community really hates them there. And so yeah. they seem to be pretty good people, but uh, they're having a really hard time with external persecution. And so we say, man, I mean, these are nice people, but I don't know about this one. So. So we go over to Colossae, and we say, well, this They're looks perfect like, there. Yeah, it's this all looks, right now. This looks like an interesting uh, church. And a, well, where's your preacher, Epaphras? Well, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. And you find him, you know, my Jewish friends have been telling me that I'm not okay because I'm not obeying dietary laws in Leviticus and... Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing these different things and observing these holy days. And my pagan friends have been telling me that, that I'm not okay because I'm not seeing visions like they are in the pagan temples. And, and I'm not praying to the dead like they do. And we're really confused here. And we need some help and instruction. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're a little bit unstable in our faith. And um, we, we have received a letter from Paul, but we're just not sure about some things. And, I think, well, you know, you guys are good people, but I don't know if I'm equipped to to teach all of you guys what you need to be taught. And so I think I'm going to keep looking. And and so I go over to where James has been writing to some people. Okay. And I notice that they're Christians, but their traditions, the way they dress is really Jewish. Mm. And I recognize that there seems to be a thing going on in their community between the rich people and the poor people. Yeah, there's some class struggles and I, here. And I noticed that there are some rich people that are being treated really nicely and some poor people that are over in the corner. And, mm -hmm. and there seems to be a real animosity between some of these people. And I hear that in the community there have been even conflicts that have led to deaths going yeah. on over the yeah. the workers and the and the employers and so I said man I mean I'm sure there's some good people here but I'm not sure about this you don't want right to get here. dragged into this conflict yeah. here and and I think well you know the old apostle John is really good and I think I'll go over here you know to to one of the churches that John has been writing to in the book of third John so I go in here and there's this dude and his name is Diotrephes. Okay. And it's like he's just running everything. Mm -hmm. And there are these preachers that come from out of town, and they seem to be fine young men that are trying to preach the gospel. And Diotrephes won't have anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want any of us even shaking hands with them. 
And if we try to, to be nice to these preachers from out of town, he tells us, he threatens us to throw us out of the church. And I'm thinking, man, if that guy is the only one in control of this church, well, there is a nice young preacher named uh, Demetrius, and John says we ought to listen to him, but what a mess. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of that one. I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here that, let me just take a stab at it, there is no perfect congregation. Yes, there absolutely is no perfect con <laughs> congregation. And, and I know that since we've, we've talked about a lot of these churches, that many of the things we talked about is, are exacerbated in emphasis, but really there were a yeah. lot of problems in the ancient churches. Sure, yeah. And like there are problems in our churches, because we are human and we are brought with temptations from outside and mm -hmm. conflicts from within. So I think that when you're looking for a church, <clears throat> um, you're going to have to accept a degree of mm. imperfection in order to attach yourself to a church. And that may be in their doctrine or in their actions? Well, when I read the book of Revelation, you find some of the churches of Asia that were really hammered because of their idolatry and their immorality, mm -hmm. and they were told to repent. And so if, if I found a situation like that that was really you know, outside of what God wanted, period, I wouldn't try to attach myself to that yeah. group. But I just bring that up because some several of the churches that we kind of walked through, I mean, they were having some deep theological issues yeah. in their congregations. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Paul, like those of us that do ministry, he realized that when he, when he worked with a group of people, they were not going to be ideal, but he was trying to take them from mm. where they were at the moment and bring them closer and closer yeah. to God. And so one of the things you could you should think about, I believe, biblically, when you attach yourself to a new congregation, <clears throat> is is there is there a, a way that I can contribute to this group and help this group and encourage this group, mm. maybe teach this group, maybe lead this group in a in a a good direction can i be can i be a solution can i be a a help and not a problem here mm -hmm. um <clears throat> i think sometimes today we have too many choices but the whole exercise we've been through right here is just to say that you won't find a perfect church yeah and there will be someone who will strike you the wrong way or there will be some little conflict going on or whether you will know it or be, not. Yeah, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And so be a person that is an example and an encourager and do your best to serve the Lord, but realize, first of all, that there is no perfect church. Mm. So maybe along with that idea of what can you add to the congregation when you're going in, is it also a time when you're in this position of I'm looking for a new congregation for whatever the reason may be for you to assess your own personality? I think it is. Be and your own spiritual life. Yeah. Because if you're a really strong Christian, you're firm in your faith, you're ready to stand, whatever, you can probably go into some situations and be that helper, teacher, you know, be prepared to kind of work through things where someone who's either newer in their faith or more timid or it's just not their personality to be the upfront or confronting type. 
Yes. They might want to find something that's more stable. Yes. When you, when you, when you uh, read the Hebrews chapter 12 and it talks about all the difficulties and persecutions these people had, had gone through, uh, when you get down to about verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 12 and following, he talks about um, lifting up the hands that are drooping down and strengthening the weak knees, you know. So there are times in our life when we're weak and we're beaten down and we really need that encouragement. Mm. And so we would want to find a place where we thought that we could receive that encouragement. Yeah. And there was maybe good teaching. There were people our age maybe, or it doesn't matter if they're our age, that were encouragers to us. Yeah. That would be uh, wonderful. The thing about it is we're, we're in a theoretical discussion here but there are many people that may be listening out there that are in areas Mm -hmm. that there's not a great deal of choice yeah for them brings us to something you brought up last time yeah you have to be the church sometimes but if you're in these situations where there are mission churches and you can help and and stick with them as long as you can and help in every way that you can Certainly, that's that's the better way, unless there's something blatantly biblically wrong. But um, in smaller groups that you might confront, that may not be ideal with all the programs, it really might be that God is leading you to those groups so that you mm. can be a blessing to them and really help build yeah. a strong church there. So one of the things we ought to think about when looking for a church is. Is there a place that God can use me more fully to help Mm. where I won't be a spectator, but I can be a contributor that will really make a difference in the life of that church? Which I think that's that's key, whether you're the upfront, get out ahead of things person or the one who wants to settle in. There needs to be some element of how can I plug into this body exactly one way or the other. Which takes us back to our gift-based ministry discussion where every member of the body is mm. a is a uh, a ministry with their own gifts and they yeah. need to plug in and help so in I think, some way. So <laughs> I think a, a really easy thing to say of when you're looking for a new congregation, don't let one of the criteria be, where can I blend into the background? Yeah, because there, in, in fact, let's be honest, people out there, there are many people who are looking for a congregation where they can be invisible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's not spiritually healthy for you. Um, you don't have to be up front and you don't have to be in the spotlight, but uh, you should be an encourager and you should in- contribute in some way because that's part of... Yeah, be be involved, be plugged in. I mean, even if you... Some people may interpret that as, oh, don't go to a big church. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. No, no. Because you can go to a really big church and get plugged into a small group or a Bible class that's really tight-knit and be known and be involved, but it's not that you're known to the entire massive congregation or or you may end up you know working as an assistant teacher in a in a first grade class and quietly doing your thing or maybe Mm. you know making phone calls to different ladies and encouraging them or uh, visiting people in the hospital or whatever but there's a place for you to fit and encourage that group yeah so kind of wherever (laughs) you go make sure it's somewhere that you can or are prepared to be part of that body. Right. And and I would say that also, um, wherever you go, let it not be a place that causes you to compromise yourself. 
Okay. If if you have to compromise yourself and for example, if you have to worship in a way that you simply do not believe is right. Mm. Or if if um you have to um if, if there's continual teaching about things that are are wrong and you know they're wrong and you know you you know you have to either speak up about that or yeah go somewhere else but uh i think that uh when you choose a church choose a place that will not cause you to have to compromise what you understand to be right morally or theologically mm. from the bible so mm. you know and it may okay. turn out that that means you're with a group that doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Hmm. Okay. So, so maybe tying this back to the discussion last time where we, we were looking at churches who were so tied to truth of gospel that they weren't living it out and doing it. I don't or think you one had, is has anything to do with the others. You said they're so tied that, well, that those no, are not... No, I'm not saying they're tied. I'm yeah. saying when we were looking at the book of Revelation, they had... They had gone so Ephesus far. was doctrinally correct, but they'd forgotten to do God's right. mission. Yes. Right. And so I'm saying you have this distinction that people see of either they're doing the doctrine really well or they're living it out really well. But they, either or. Yeah, they see the either or. So Which is a false dichotomy. But a true one that happens. It happens <laughs> from time to time. You, but you say false in that they are not necessarily tied together. It's probably a continuum. Yeah, it's not either this or that. They may be doing a little bit, not doing very much, and yes. doctrinally correct. And these people may be doing a bunch of things, but totally off doctrine. Right. So, but so I, I know the ideal is yeah. to have one that's in balance. Right. But typically, you're going to find congregations that do one better than the other. And so, I think mm -hmm. the question that people will really get to is they're saying. So if I have to choose one. Which do I choose? Right. And again, I think that's a dangerous question. And um, dangerous, but practical. Yeah, it's practical, but I don't think we should allow ourselves to be in in that choice. If if we have to compromise ourselves doctrinally to do good things in the community, then I think we're putting ourselves in a position that God doesn't want us to be in. The better mm. thing would be to do good things in the community ourselves. Mm. And encourage others that are that are teaching the right things to do that. I think people have the idea that unless there is a church program, yeah, um, then they say, "Well, I want to be where I can do good," and that's really a wrong-headed thing because you can do good, yeah, wherever you are, and begin doing good and encouraging others to do good, whether you're with a church that's not as active or not. Mm. Uh, and like we said in the other video, you are the church. Yeah. You don't just go to churches as a consumer. Oh, yeah, no. You go as an actor. And I think that's where the concern when people really are out there looking. Like, this isn't they're in the mission field and it's the only church or all that. But they're in a place that has several choices. Yeah, they're in, they're in Denver or Houston or Dallas or... Nashville or yeah, Atlanta, some, Georgia. They're or, in some metropolitan area. Yeah. Or, and this is the other weird thing, you can be in a small town and there be three congregations because of divisions, divisions over time. Yes, yes. So it's not just a big city thing that happens. Right. Um, that happens more here, kind of Bible Belt sort of area. But they start looking and they go, all right, 
if I'm associated with this congregation, I'm going to have to take on the identity of that congregation. Not they themselves, but in the eyes of the people that are out there. Oh, now you've, now you've hit it. Yeah. Because we can maintain our own spiritual identity, mm-hmm. even when attached to people who may be perceived differently than we are. Yeah, I, and I think, keep drilling down on it to make sure everyone understands, like, as a minister of the Broadway Church of Christ, people may not know me, but if they know that I attend Broadway Church of Christ, whatever their perception of this congregation is, they're going to say, oh, you must be this sure. type of person. But again, there's there's no <laughs> basis biblically for that type of thinking. But should it, like, would it be something to consider if it's a if it's a family moving in and they know there's a negative or they're choosing it because it's an overly positive, is that something that they should consider or might be part of the consideration? I think it's like when you hear stories about a person, like I might hear stories about Jed. Mm -hmm. That Jed, he's way liberal. I mean, he's bearded and he's a coffee monster and he's, he's way liberal and he, you know, you got to watch that Jed. But the more you get to know Jed, you figure out that, he really loves the Bible, and he really wants to do what's right, but he's open to new methods as long as they're in sync with the Bible, and, mm-hmm. and he, he's not married to tradition, but I didn't. if I'd listened to the rumors about Jed before I got to know Jed, then know. I'd be misunderstanding Jed. Which is a real situation that happened here. Yes, just, absolutely. Just making sure people know this isn't a hypothetical out there. Okay, but see, <laughs> see it's the same with congregations, because reputations of congregations tend to last long time in communities and sometimes they're not deserved and and we know from this congregation how the face of this congregation has changed numerous times mm. over the years so i mean we, we still have members that say well this is what broadway is and they've been in the building yeah and we're like yeah. yeah so so you've got to go and visit you've got to be there a little bit you've got to experience who these people are for yourself mm. And decide whether you, as a Christian who loves God and loves his word and wants to do right, can fit in there in that congregation. Mm. But don't listen to somebody else just tell you. Mm. Go listen for yourself. And maybe maybe that's an opportunity for you to change that perception in or conversations to, with others? Well, yeah, sure. And say, well, you know, you may have thought this, but I'm not experiencing that at all. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you say... It may not be what we should consider, but it is part of these considerations. Yeah, see, the reason I look at you funny sometimes when you bring up these practical, it's because <laughs> you're funny looking. No, that's not what it is. That's not it. I knew that I, was coming. No. Yeah. But uh, the reason I look at you funny is because my mind always goes back to try to find some biblical mm-hmm. answer to the oh, question. Yeah. And the scenario you posed right there in its, in its form yeah. doesn't really have... I know. A biblical scenario behind it. So I mean, it goes where we started this. Unfortunately, there's not, and kind of talk to you all for a minute, there's not a lot of that, hey, here's the book chapter verse for how to go find a new congregation. Well, but we, you know, we, you shall not bear false witness. Yeah. And um, do not slander your brother. And it's a, so if you go find out for yourself and you realize that everything you've heard is not true, mm. um, then... You can judge for yourself and make a good choice, and that applies to to any congregation. Yeah, you know there are some 
some small congregations that are great congregations, and there are some large congregations that are great congregations. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to go and look for yourself and experience for yourself and be the judge for yourself. Yeah, because I, I guess now as people start looking at all of this and they're like, okay, well, let's get down to it. If I walk in, what are some easily identifiable markers of a good congregation that I should be looking for? Well, you, you suggest one. What would you suggest? One thing that you walk in. Mm. Well, I, I think that the hardest one is probably the more important one, which is what you were just talking about. Spend time with them, get to know them. That's explore their online media, sit through a worship service. What are you looking for, though? You, you raise I'm, the question. I'm looking for what are they teaching. Okay. So that's that's still my number one, and I think that we agree on that. That's What are they one. teaching or are they teaching? Well, that Yeah. If they're not teaching anything, then they're not teaching much. But uh, yes, I still think that's the number one, but it's the hardest one, and it's the one that takes a lot of effort and time. So really, if we boiled down what, what we... Uh, talked about last time in our last one what are they teaching mm-hmm. what are they doing mm. and so what do you mean by what are they doing are they doing things that that really address the mission of christ are they trying to carry forth the gospel are they trying to reach out to lost people are they are they trying to um you know do good are they trying to do things that the bible tells us to do mm. so i think in those two things if they are teaching and they are doing in the way that they should be biblically that may manifest itself in some other ways that we can pick up on a little bit easier probably sure. you know you could you could find a really strong bible class you could find as you talk to people some things the church is doing that you didn't know they were doing mm. Uh, they may really be involved in mission work to the extent that they go to these places and they're writing letters to people and, you know, yeah. you never know what they're doing. So, again, you don't know that unless you go in. I think there's some obvious things if you walk in the front door and you go to a worship service and there are some things that are uh-huh. out of kelter in the worship service, uh, according to the scriptures, then that gives you a pretty good clue yeah. as to maybe you need to look elsewhere. So, like, if you walk in the door and the congregation uh, is overwhelming you or they are not welcoming you, is that a make or break? Well, it is for most people, but, again, you don't know what's been happening there. You don't know what the mood of the people is based on there. Mm -hmm. If you just go in one Sunday and they don't seem very friendly, but you may come back three weeks later and people are really friendly. Mm-hmm. You, you you just have to give it a chance. Okay. It, it's like if, if I met you one day and you were real down and you didn't even hardly talk to me, I might think he's a jerk, but I might not realize that something was going on in your life yeah. that made you that way. So try not to just make snap judgments. Yeah, like they didn't sing any hymns in their worship service. What does that mean? It was all modern worship songs. They didn't sing anything out of the old songbook, Dan. Well, that's got nothing to do with the Bible or whatever. <laughs> I, it's just funny that when when I've had this conversation with people, and I'm sure when you have too, most of the conversation will revolve around, well, they met me at the door a certain way, they sang a certain type of song, the speakers were too loud, they have TVs instead of screens, or they have screens instead of no screens. Or, or there's no screens or TVs. Yeah. It's you know, old school. It's all these other different things that are 
maybe the way that they get things done, but nothing to deal with their beliefs. It's not substantial. It's nothing of substance. Yeah. It's just periphery. Yeah. But this is the mentality of a consumer. Mm. This is not the mentality of a spiritual seeker. It's the mentality of a consumer. Yeah. But then if we go, now what if there's something that is not, that is biblical in that they're going to do it? Like let's do, Lord's Supper is always a good one to go to. So they have the Lord's Supper every week. That seems pretty clear. But they, you know, they get up and they go to a table or they pass from the back instead of the front or they don't have the table up front like we've always done. So So you're not talking about any biblical issue there. Yeah. So again, that's, there are some things that even congregations will do that aren't against the Bible or they are clear from the Bible, but they do them differently. And a lot of people will decide that's going to be their make or break on choosing yeah. a congregation. Well, then then we need to go back and ask, is this Bible or is this just human tradition? What does the Bible say? Mm. Does it fit within what the Bible says? Or is it just a different way of than I'm used to doing it? So Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of specifics that people are thinking about in the way that they've chosen churches. But hopefully what we're doing is laying out a general pattern and idea and understanding yes and we're trying to say be mature be be a christian that's responsible to your bible look in your bible what are churches supposed to believe and practice are they teaching those things are they trying to practice those things let those things be your make or breaks and realize that your personal preferences about Mm -hmm. traditional stuff is your personal preference and you know you as a spiritual person should be able to, you know, move a little bit in that. Yeah. Maybe to round out both of these conversations, there should always be a desire to belong to and be part of the congregation. That's kind of where we yes, started. Absolutely. According to the Bible. And part of that is not a, not a, I'm going to, I'm trying to think of a simpler way of putting it, but not an easygoing, I'm just going to float from place to place based on what I want to be involved in or a one single little, you know, tiff I had with the person sitting in the pew next to right, me or, right. you that, know, that's unproductive. Yeah. So I think that that's something that happens and leads to, again, this consumeristic attitude. It's like, oh, but that congregation's doing X ministry right now, and my congregation won't do it, so I'm just going to go over there now. Yeah. Um, uh, think of this passage to maybe wrap up about our attitude. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you were called, mm. in all humility and gentleness, with long suffering, putting up with one another in love, Mm-hmm. trying very hard to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. So if you can do that, yeah. you'll be a long way toward doing what the Lord wants you to do in whatever congregation you're in. Yeah, because no congregation's perfect. I wish there was some out there. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> I'm really perfect, Jet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He can tell you that's not true. Oh, man. Okay, well, we hope this has been helpful. We know it's not been exhaustive in in, in addressing every situation Mm -hmm. that you guys have encountered, but hopefully it'll make you reflect a little bit when you make these sorts of decisions.
decision. Yeah, because again, they're not easy, especially if you're being forced into it. You know, you're going into a new space to live. Sure. Or they're not easy, 